everyone, and welcome to episode two of Level Up Watches, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This is a spinoff series of the Level Up and Friends podcast, where those of us from the comic books and video game store Level Up Entertainment in Mays Landing and soon-to-be Summers Point, New Jersey, uh, gather with some friends and discuss the latest in pop culture entertainment. And of course, this series, we are covering The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, and this is episode two, and I am joined by... Well, first of all, the the guy you saw here last week, who I, I would say he's the man who demands royalties every time the Star Spangled Man is played. Marvelous Mike Pinto. A Star Spangled Man with a plan. And everybody just turned it off. Now you'll get copyright infringement <laughs> on the episode. Yeah, Hello, we can't. Now we South Jersey. What's yeah, DMCA happening? strikes. Come on, what are you doing to me? And I'm. We're also joined this week by the fantastic. Kendall, welcome. Hello there. Welcome, thanks welcome, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And uh, before before we get started, I wanted to give a spoiler warning because we didn't do that last week. But this is a spoiler intensive podcast. We're going to cover you, episode that two. Not assumed. Uh, well, some people <laughs> just do like a general overview. They don't really get into like the the nitty gritty of it. And also, like, I want to warn the people that we may spoil other movies. You know, if, if they maybe skipped around. So um, just right off the bat, spoiler podcast. Uh, Kendall, we did not get a chance to talk to you last week. So I just wanted to see what are your overall thoughts and impressions on uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier so far? Uh, my overall thoughts, I'm, uh, I'm stoked to see where it goes. Um, I, I definitely like it. Um, Coming out of WandaVision, I was like a huge fan of that. Yeah. This hasn't like grabbed me quite as uh, tightly, but uh, I'm definitely stoked to see where things go. It's more of like a traditional, like straight up Marvel action flick right now. Like it feels like a, a movie in six parts, right? Instead of like the, the otherworldly cosmic WandaVision yeah, for sure. Um, but at the same time, it's still, uh, I mean, this one, and like, it's weird to say that these are smaller stories mm -hmm. than the movies, because like, WandaVision was like, reality bending, wild insanity. This is dealing with, uh, well, we'll get into what this uh <laughs> what this is dealing with but uh so there there definitely uh are stakes to these stories uh but it's still very um very character driven character focused which uh i really like that's what i'm here for mike how are you doing this week what uh, did did episode two grab you in or well, I'll, t I'll tell you why it greatly disappointed me at the <gasps> beginning, where I almost turned it off. Uh, but but I, I would like, you know, to Kendall's point, I think WandaVision, at least for the first few, was very episodic in terms of that each, you know, there was a beginning, middle, and an end to each of the earlier episodes before we realized what was going on in this bubble. Uh, here, it's set up, you know, in the first episode that it's going to be you know, a saga, a, a serial, uh, you know, 
where, where we have this continuing storyline, which we did in WandaVision, but we didn't know it yet. Before we get to that, though, I do have the Marvel Lego of the week to, uh, to unveil. This was a birthday gift from, from your host right over there. And this uh. is continuing our Iron Man theme last week we had, which actually I got you for your birthday. We had the Iron Man, uh, I don't know what you call this, uh, what the specific bust. name is, the helmet, the bust. Yeah. And this is actually all just individual tiny uh, Legos creating one of three, one of three Iron Man. And this is the one that, that I chose to do. So that's your Lego. It has like a sheen to it. Is it like a, is it, did you frame it or? No, I, uh, I think that's just the light. Oh, okay. <laughs> the reflection that you're getting. Okay. It's, it's, it's the pieces. All right. Well, so does that mean we're getting a Lego Marvel of the Week every week? Uh, yeah, up until next week. And then after that, I run out. Well, you know, we'll, we'll we send you some of the... Disney, well, if we stick with the <laughs> Disney family, we'll, we'll have enough to get us through the, the series. When, when we monetize this, you know, since we can, with all our DMA, uh, DMCA strikes, um, we'll send you the check to go cover your... Marvel Lego expenses. Sounds good. But I'll tell you, you going back to the beginning of the episode, and then we'll get mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. Well, first off, it's loads on Disney Plus. And what's the name of this week's episode? The Star Spangled Man. Right away, I get excited. We're going to have a reprise of that wonderful Alan Menken theme song that hooked me in Captain America over a year ago, uh, quarantine week two. And then what is my favorite part of any Marvel cinematic experience the uh opening cinematic the, the, the marvel opening fanfare, fanfare. Yeah. the marvel fanfare which those of you who may have watched Femoral conversations know that we have taken uh for the minty awards <laughs> but that was missing during this week it starts and the the logo and and you know the video starts and and it and it all oh, you have that this like hip-hop beat starting and i said to Kristen, i said oh no I'll leave the podcast like Jack Parr left the Tonight Show mid-show if this is what's happening right now to this series. But what happened? It was a hip-hop version of The Star-Spangled Man. That was being Marching played. band reprise, yes. yes I yes. Um, so, I, want, I want these, uh, the soundtracks of these shows on CD, like our, or, you know, MP3 or whatever. CD, what is a CD? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like between, between WandaVision and now this, like there are some, Really good songs. The, the score is really, really good. Yes, I would. No, we didn't talk about it, but Wandavision. They recreated, you know, the openings and really the the themes. You know, not directly, but really paid homage to all the themes that they were uh, a copying in their show. So th that's why I got very upset at the beginning of this week's episode and almost, you know, Jeez. turned it off. But but back back to the script. All right, let's let's go through it. Uh, let's run run through the episode. So. It starts off, you know, the cliffhanger, it starts off with a previously on to kind of catch you up. But uh, the cliffhanger from last week was introducing the new Captain America. And, and the big question was, who is this new Captain America? And, and the show wastes no time in, in introducing us to John Walker. Um, he's getting ready in the locker room of his former uh, high school. And, you know, he's apparently he's going to do some sort of presentation. And he talks to uh, his, his wife. Uh, who gives him some encouragement and you know we see we know seems, that was his wife I, I think they explained it as a wife or girlfriend significant other or something okay something all right like I, want, I know I missed the things last week I thought <laughs> I didn't miss like that point well an episode or um, comic issue number 563 <laughs> 
um no but <laughs> she she's trying to give him some encouragement and uh you know he's just saying like he there's a lot of expectations on him and and he doesn't want to fail the, the group and um and, and everyone and and it, it's like almost a mirror image of of sort of what sam was was going through but you know in this case now john walker has the job and and you know they're talking about the the heaviness of of wearing that suit and and what that means and um yeah, I, I, I thought this was an interesting way to introduce John Walker because I, I expected a very arrogant, boisterous, you know, I'm, I've got this, I'm, I'm ready to go. I, I want to go, you know, kill some people. And, you know, he, there is some of that. It, it seems like his friend comes in and he's like, oh, you can't just punch your way out of everything. Um, but there also seems to be some humanity here. What do you guys think of meeting John Walker for the first time? Yeah, um, it definitely that opening scene uh, grounded the character. I thought for sure we were gonna hit the ground like hating this dude, and it was like, oh wait a minute, he's an actual person. He, you know, he's as nervous uh, as anyone would be taking up this uh, this role. I thought it was a, a a good way to go that I wasn't because I. You know, I expected him to be more of an antagonist right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mike, how do you feel? Is that your Captain America? No, no, sir. <laughs> still, still don't like him, but I think they did, like Kendall said, they humanized him uh, early on so that you may have some conflict of, of how you feel about him. I think him and, and Steve... And, you know, and Sam all are approaching or approached this role of Captain America differently at what it, what it means uh, to them. Um, but I think it was, it was a good choice uh, mm -hmm. to go that route. Now, if I can give, a, now what, that was in Georgia, I believe, the high yes. school, is that correct? Okay, yeah, I this, think my this, little, is this is my little nitpick of, of the show, because when they're in the, football field getting ready for good morning america mm -hmm. it's dark out it's nighttime and then yet the next scene in new york it's morning and they're watching the show same time zone it's airing live and yet a little you know discontinuity there which is very unlike marvel so that was the second strike that the episode <laughs> got within the first five minutes oh no <laughs> Did not um, even catch that. <laughs> no, no. I, I saw that it was dark and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Good Morning America films at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. So that makes sense. But 7 a.m. 7 oh, to 9. Oh, okay. Local time. I don't see that time in the morning very often. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the Good Morning America interview does show us a little bit more about John Walker's history. Um, he's the only person to ever win three medals of honor, which I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's apparently has a very impressive uh, uh, military record. Uh, his body has been studied for by MIT. And he they show him a clip of him already practicing with the shield and throwing it at targets, which I was trying to think like, when does this take place? How long has he had the shield? Um, but, you know, apparently he's already practicing with it. And that stadium is packed full of people with John Walker shirts, John Walker action figures, he's signing autographs. And it just made me think that where we, the viewers, are very hesitant to accept him as the new Captain America, and I think that's because we've spent so much time with the old one and these other heroes, it seems like the general public 
seems like they're okay with this, um, the general Marvel public, or at least maybe the, his hometown. Now, here's actually a question for the Marvel fandom. Because at the end of Endgame, Steve goes back, you know, to place all the um, Infinity Stones back in, in their place. Mm -hmm. When did, in the timeline we're in now, when was Captain America last young Captain America? Or when he went back to stay in 1940 and then he showed up old again at the end of Endgame, did that change how America was used to seeing him? So my understanding, and I think there was a lot of back and forth about this, is that the, when Captain America, the last time the public had seen him was the final battle with Thanos. Like after after that was over, that was sort of the last last time. And it's funny because like there must have been a drone or something because a lot of people have details about that final battle that <laughs> that shouldn't. Like they were talking about it in WandaVision, like they watched it on the news. Um, but when he went back to re return the stones and lived out the rest of his life, it was in an alternate timeline. And so it wasn't this current timeline. And when he returned older, he had a way to kind of jump back um, to, to talk to Sam. And then we don't know what happened after that. So as you know, time travel was the most difficult uh, <laughs> piece of, of this show. So if you could, that that's fine. That's good. That's enough. my understanding. Uh, Kendall, feel free to jump in if, if it's different, but they, they've gone back and forth about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the uh, the official stance is, um, but I, I just assumed he was, you know, the public doesn't know he went back in time, but mm -hmm. I assume he's around in the current timeline. I, I don't really know, though. I have no idea. Yeah, they're deliberately kind of being very vague about that, and it's it's hard to hard to tell what where he is but but in any event the public seems to have moved on you know it's like it's like james bond we got a new one so all right that's how we're gonna go forward and i also wanted to note that marvel this week um outside of the show has been advertising john walker captain america t-shirts funko pops keychains everything so they're going full on like here's the new captain america it's john walker get your t-shirt interesting yeah that's what i said i sent it over to mike and i was like this is very interesting because you know if something happens with this guy there's gonna be a lot of people that bought the the, the action figure that he was signing in the show they're selling that marvel legends action figure in like the same packaging there's gonna be people that are very upset if if things turn south for john walker interesting well yeah. it's like you know when they have the t-shirts of both teams in the super bowl you know, one gets goes to Models, and then the loser goes, you know, to some third world country. This is, you know, they've created John Walker, Captain America. And I'm sure there's Sam Captain America somewhere that they're holding off. You know, should that that's the way it goes. Well, you know, it could just end up being like uh, people walking around wearing Yankees gear. You know, it's just people <laughs> just going to assume things when they see somebody wearing John Walker, Captain America gear. Uh, so after we, we meet, john walker uh i want to get back to you know we, we catch up with sam he's prepping for the mission to go get the flag smashers and um we find bucky bucky or bucky finds him and just right off the bat no hello no how you doing he's just like you shouldn't have given up the shield <laughs> and sam's kind of like good to see you too you know and 
um, Bucky's really getting on his case about giving up the shield and seeing what happened. And Sam says, like, you know, it broke my heart to see that they replaced him that quickly. But, you know, I've got other things going on right now that, that are more important. And to Bucky, there is nothing more important. Um, and we see this this get this animosity from Bucky runs through the rest of this episode. And it's all around the fact that he feels like Steve chose Sam and Sam shouldn't have given it up. Um, were you guys surprised to see sort of the, the, the back and forth, the, the, the bad blood, the bitterness between these two early on? Not particularly. I mean, I feel like they, you know, when they first met, there was always kind of like a, a bit of a, and it, it definitely was like more friend, like a friendly, like rival, rivalry before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they, they've always had like, they didn't really click, mm-hmm. you know, perfectly. The car scene in Civil War where he's like, can you put your seat up? And he's like, no. You please put your seat up and you know, fight each other. That apparently that was like one of the basis of this entire show. So like that little interaction was was what you know was the push to have these guys you know interact again with each other. Um, you know I've I've seen it referred to online as uh, Captain America's ex girlfriends having to get together and, <laughs> and spend oh, wow. time with each other. Um, and you know if you look at it through that lens, it changes the entire picture of the show. Uh, but yeah, it, it's uh, definitely. The, the vacuum of not having Steve Rogers around uh, is, is weighing on these guys. And, and, you know, they're, they're both handling that in a different way. And I guess, you know, you look at from, from Bucky's point of view, and I don't know whether he thinks that, or to what degree he thinks that he should have gotten the shield and he should have carried it on, but Bucky was around when Captain America became Captain America. He mm-hmm. knows what that, you know, person meant to the country, you know, in the 40s. So I, I think part of it is that maybe he thinks Sam doesn't realize mm-hmm. what that what that character means to the country outside of this superhero uh, legend. So I that take and also the, you know, if that was me, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Uh, I don't know what what's wrong with you. I will say though, I thought there, you know, I mentioned last week, I thought this would be more like a buddy movie. And mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of humorous moments, a lot of uh, good interaction between the two of them. That was actually Kristen's note uh, for you that you enjoyed <laughs> the humor between the two characters this week uh, as the, the episode went on. Well, I, I really like the, uh, oh, we're, we're going to go fight. It's one of the big three. And he's like, what's the big three? And he's like, it's either <laughs> aliens, androids, or wizards. You know, that's that's what we always end up fighting. It's, it's got to be one of the three. Um, and Bucky was completely, like, thrown off by that. And I also like the uh, reference that, uh, you know, Doctor Strange is a sorcerer. Well, that's just a wizard. Well, no, it's, it's a wizard without a hat. <laughs> so um clearly uh they don't play D because those are completely different classes you can't be a wizard and a sorcerer i guess you could multi-class but the hat has nothing to do with it uh so bucky and sam flying off to munich uh we get more back and forth with them about you know having a plan and steve always had a plan well you don't have a plan you know and all this so they're, they're clearly you know they're still going back and forth and this keeps going on through the whole episode uh, but I, I did want to note here that uh, Bucky just jumps out of the plane without a parachute. And he's like, all right, I can do this. He just uses his arm and just kind of 
<laughs> cushions his fall i you know i don't know but um apparently bucky is still enhanced in terms of uh being able to jump from high distances and you know whatever winter soldier conditioning he had so um the other thing that was funny here in this scene this is when they're uh kind of spying on and and laying out the land when they catch up with uh, the the members of the flag smashers that they're catching up with um they reference bucky's stay in wakanda and bucky <laughs> bucky's tries to like stealthily sneak forward and um sam calls him the white panther and he says nope nope i was the white wolf and uh, bringing back his wakandan name and sam had no idea what that meant uh we get to our first big action sequence in the episode where they uh catch up to the they they chase these two uh uh, 18 wheeler trucks you know trying to chase down the the flag smashers there seems to be about six or seven uh members according to red wing scans and there's a hostage in the truck according to bucky so bucky jumps on the truck to go rescue the hostage opens up the back of the truck and the truck is full of vaccines and and medicine which i thought you know wow that's very topical a truck <laughs> full of vaccines um going out that was the place. astrazeneca ones that have not made it to the United States. <laughs> uh, but the uh there's a little girl in the back of the truck and she comes out and bucky thinks that he's rescuing her but turns out she is actually the leader of the Flag Smashers, uh, and her name is Carly Morgenthau, and, um, or Morgenthau, maybe, I don't know. Um, but that is a play off of the comic book leader of the, or the comic book character known as Flag Smasher, um, who is Carl Morgenthau. So a little bit of comics. I did not history, look it up in the encyclopedia. I was tempted, <laughs> but then they did not look it up. A little bit of history. They 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 changed the character slightly, um, but uh, to Bucky and maybe the the watcher, the viewer's surprise, uh, this little girl was able to kick him out the back of the door and into the next truck. So uh, clearly, I wouldn't. You know, she wasn't like eight years old. You keep saying this little girl. Well, I mean, they thought the leader was that like big buff guy from episode one, and you know, it was this. I mean, Sam tells Bucky, "You're getting your butt kicked by a little girl." You know, she's just like a. No, I don't know how old she is. Maybe a teenager. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I don't want to get letters. That's <laughs> clearly though. She has. Uh, it was. It was a trap. They sprung the trap. Um, and Sam and Bucky. It's this fight sequence, which is you know again just a reminder of the different abilities of the two. Uh, you could see Bucky in action now. He's using his uh, vibranium arm to hold on to the side of the truck and, and do all this stuff. Um, yeah. But each of the members of the Flag Smashers are enhanced in some way. So it seems like something's going on here. I also uh, thought that scene, action sequence, also reminiscent of the Captain America fight scene on the train. Yeah, yeah, very, very similar. And, uh, you know, you, you hold your breath as you see Bucky go over the side because you don't want, uh, you know, the History, same thing to happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, during this fight, Red Wing, rest in peace, gets smashed, <laughs> smashed up. And Bucky says, man, I, I really wanted to do that. But... I noted that because that may come into play later as the new Captain America shows up out of a helicopter and along with his partner, uh, who is, uh, his last name's Hoskins. I think his first name's uh, Lamar, maybe? Um, I think so. Lamar Hoskins. Uh, Battle Battlestar is uh, his his code name. Uh, and so, uh, or, yeah. So 
we get the sequence of the four of them trying to fight together and it doesn't go well. I mean, there, there's no coordination. Um, at one point, you know, new cap throws his shield and Bucky catches it, which is very reminiscent of the winter soldier scene when he does that. Um, but you can see he's visibly annoyed to see another person wielding Sam's shield. And, uh, but I will say this, John Walker, pretty smooth move. There was a, a point where like Hoskins falls off the truck and he like frisbees the shield to, to break his fall. And uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty good use of the shield there. Um, but uh, what did you guys think seeing these guys in action? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, are they, are we, are they enhanced? Don't know. It doesn't really say the only thing we've, we've, found out is that they're you know they're for military people or for, for soldiers they are you know the top of the top, top of, the best of the best but uh we don't know yeah yeah i mean i think it makes sense that uh the good guys got their butts kicked for sure um but yeah it was a fun sequence and uh it was a good reminder of like like Bucky, like right at the beginning, he's just like booking it to catch mm-hmm. up to those trucks. Like, it's like, oh yeah, like this dude can hang. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, he, I forgot that Bucky was just more than a vibranium arm, you know, and, and military, like, and assassin training. Like I thought, you know, those, that was his thing, but like, I forgot he also had, you know, enhanced speed and senses and sort of like what Steve had. Um, And also, you know, now we see that, uh, the members of the Flag Smashers, it's, it's actually kind of a small group. It doesn't seem like it's a, it's a huge, you know, from the first episode, it looked like it might have been 20, 30 people, and, and it may only be these eight individuals here um, working, working together. Uh, during the uh, sort of licking the wounds scene, I'll call it, it's, uh, you know, Bucky and Sam get a ride back to the airport from John Walker and, and Hoskins, and they're all sitting in the back of the truck, and they're just like staring at each other, and you know, there's a lot of John Walker trying, I think, to reach out to the two of them and say, you know, we should be working together. We're all on the same side. I, I know, you know, how you guys must feel. And Bucky and Sam just aren't having it here. Um, do you guys feel like that was a genuine effort? And, and, and do you kind of feel for Walker? Or do you think he's just being kind of uh, arrogant in that scene? I think he says, if I recall correctly, or something to the effect I can't replace Steve or I, you know, I have to be my own at Captain America. So I think there, I think it was genuine. Do I still think that, you know, there was still arrogance, you know, coming through because I think he thought that he could just show up and, you know, throw, toss the shield around and get rid of these flag smashers, you know, one, two, three, without realizing, you know, the, the strength of the enemy and how to go into this, uh, a scene smartly, which mm-hmm. I think uh, Sam and Bucky both thought, you know, Steve would have done that differently. And, and there might have been a, a different result had he been the one uh, to show up as Captain America. But I do think it was genuine. I do, I do think that, again, they're humanizing him. It's not all about the arrogance. It's saying, look, I'm not going to be him. I'm going to be my own Captain America. But guess what? I am Captain America now. So you guys, you know, have to accept it. And I'm going to do what I have to do uh, with, with this uh, title. I also think um, 
it, it's interesting, right? Like uh, we saw like the stadium full of people and how they reacted to the new Captain America. And I think like the general public of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, uh, you know, John Walker himself, like to them, Captain America is just like, Captain America, there's a person in the mask, but that's who he is. Mm -hmm. To Sam, to Bucky, and to the viewer, you know, Captain America is Steve Rogers. Like, we know that character. Um, so, you know, I think like, and I don't know, this is all just, uh, this is, you know, whatever. But I have to wonder, like, is this like what John Adams kind of was like when he's like, all right, I'm the follow-up to George Washington. I'm the president of the United States now. Like, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Captain America is like a title, you know, to, to, to most people. John they... Adams. <laughs> I know him. Sorry, I have to uh, break out into some Hamilton. John. I was going to 1776. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sit down, John. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like Mike was saying, it, he, he doesn't, he certainly doesn't think he's being arrogant so much as like, what's wrong? Like, I've earned this. Mm -hmm. I saw it, yeah, it's kind of like he, he's trying to extend the olive branch, especially because these guys were both non-Sokovia Accord signers. So they they were like on the run from the law, somewhat semi-fugitive. So I, I just kind of saw this as like, look, I, I want to work with you guys. I want to be part of the team. Um, you know, I, I want to bring you guys in on, on what I want to do. Uh, let's work together. And these guys are just like, how dare you stood where, stand where he stood? You know, they're just kind of like, Get, get out of my life. Bucky is the first one off the truck as soon as uh, uh, Hoskins gives him his code name, which there's a little bit of uh, history there in the comic books. Uh, the John Walker in the comic books, who was a replacement Captain America for a time, had Hoskins as his Bucky. And I think he even took like the code name. And once the real Bucky heard about that, there was some issues between the two characters. So uh, I think there was a little nod to that here in the show because once he heard Hoskins code name he was like that's it I'm out and he jumps off the truck and Sam you know at least listens for a little bit longer and then he he leaves after uh you know he he uh has his conversation with with John I do think though there's also you know there's this continuing theme of discord amongst the heroes that they they never seem to figure out how to work together and, you know, I think we saw that all the way really through in, in Infinity War and only, you know, in Endgame did they actually, all sides come together and realize for the greater good, you know, we need to leave egos at the door and truly work together as a team. That's a good point. Yeah. And there's a lot of egos and, and that's it's also a very comic thing, comic book thing. It's always, you know, there's some big misunderstanding. So the heroes fight each other and then they work together. <laughs> always. So, yeah. Especially uh, with Marvel characters. Yes, yes. They can't not fight each other. Yeah. 
Uh, we get a little bit of background in the next scene on the Flag Smashers. Uh, they take refuge with uh, a person who's willing to give them shelter. Uh, they totally support the cause. I believe in what you're doing. I think it's great. Um, and, you know, they're, they're appreciative because they're on the run uh, now that they know that the Falcon and, and new Captain America is on their tail. Um, but the leader, Carly, she's getting texts on her phone and they're very threatening. It's from an unknown number. And it says, you know, you, you took what was mine. Uh, I, I'm coming after you. And, and so, you know, she's trying to rally her team because they, uh, she feels like, you know, they may not want to continue this path because there's very powerful people now after them. It seems like more so than just the superheroes. It seems like there's somebody else that there's clearly there was something that was taken and, and this person wants them back. Um, we find out later on that that person is the power broker, um, is the name of, of the person. He sends uh, some goons and, and a squad after them, uh, and, and they, they escape on, on a, in an air, airplane. Um, that name carries a lot of weight in the comic book world, but um, I want to throw it to Mike real quick because this is your first time hearing the power broker. Um, any thoughts or ideas on, on what that could mean, what that's what that involves uh no i will pass after my last week's thunderbolt theories that you have been poo-pooing on me every single day uh i'm going to to pass to kendall on this and uh only put in to say that i still think that the u.s government is not the good guys mm, interesting interesting uh kendall uh you know i i don't want to throw too much comic book you know, knowledge in here just to, so we don't spoil future episodes, but the power broker is a character from the comic books. It is an antagonist that pops up from time to time and may explain some of the things going on here. You know, when you connect the dots on, on the flag smashers, um, were you surprised to hear that name? Um, so definitely. So my, my captain America knowledge, poof. I think I've maybe bought like two issues of Captain <laughs> America in my life. Yeah. Um, so when I heard the power broker, I was very surprised. Um, but I made a connection to a character that I think we uh, we meet in this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah. We can keep going and on. all right. Yeah, let's. I don't. This is a, <laughs> you Not, put the spoiler disclaimer at the beginning, but I, I'll leave if you guys want to talk about. No, 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 no. It's just uh, I. I we need to mention that the power broker was brought up. Um, it seems like that is the individual that was texting um, Carly and saying that uh, they took something from him, um, and that's something that uh, you know clearly they're they're in trouble now on two fronts from the superheroes and from the power broker. Um, and we'll see if that comes to play later. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is when Bucky uh, and Sam decide to go uh, see uh, an old contact of Bucky's and they, they head to Maryland and uh, they, they go to uh, this house that, you know, looks like it's, it's seen better days. It's a little run down. Um, they knock on the door and, and you know, the door's uh, locked and, and there's like a screen door and, and a young gentleman answers the door and, you know, he's kind of uh, a little standoffish with them. He wants to know what they want and all that. And, um, you know, Bucky just kind of says, hey, you know, I'm here to see Isaiah or he, is he home? And, uh, you know, tell him I'm the guy that from the Korean bar or, or something like that. And um, we find out that they've 
arrived at the home of Isaiah Bradley. Um, and the young man who answered the door is named Eli Bradley. Um, we'll put a pin in that because we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. Um, but this conversation uh, basically reveals that um, back in the Korean War, um, the American government uh, and Hydra and others experimented on uh, individuals and um, they enhanced them. Uh, and there was a super soldier before Steve Rogers, or well, I guess after Steve Rogers, but before he reappeared um, time. So uh, Isaiah shows off, you know, because he, he's, um, he's very short with Sam and Bucky. He's not happy to see Bucky at all. He figures, oh, you're here to finish the job, you know, because they, they actually fought each other um, during the war when Bucky was still the winter soldier. Um, but Bucky's just trying to say like, look, you know, there are other enhanced people out there. I need information. Is there anything that you could know about, you know, how they got their abilities or, or what's going on? And Isaiah doesn't want to hear any of it. And the reason being is, um, he was enhanced. He, uh, did his job, uh, as he's telling them and the government in exchange or as reward, put him in jail for 30 years and experimented on him and weren't, you know, they, they just didn't leave him alone and in peace. And, and, you know, now he's trying to live out the rest of his life, but he lost 30 years of his life being jailed for, uh, he doesn't go into what, um, but he, he throws an object across the room and it sticks into the wall. So clearly he has uh, abilities and, um, you know, Eli uh, sort of shows them out at that point, you know, he's like, you know, come, that's it like goodbye and um this was a big deal for a few reasons one um you know for sam he feels like bucky should have told him like or he feels like the world should have known that there was there was another super soldier there was a a black super soldier um and that was something that was swept under the rug and the man was put in the jail and bucky didn't tell him apparently bucky didn't tell steve um, nobody really knew about this guy and he faded into obscurity. And, you know, here we spent the first half of this episode watching like, oh, it's the new Captain America. It's so great. And, you know, people throwing parades and, and whatnot. And, and this man was thrown into jail. Um, so, you know, that that scene was was pretty powerful. Um, I thought it was it was interesting to see Marvel go there. The next part of this scene is also a pretty big, big thing, which we'll, we'll get into in a second. But um, how did you guys feel meeting Isaiah Bradley and uh, his grandson, Eli? Well, first off, you said put a pin in that. Are these comic uh, comic book characters or no? Yes. All so right, you don't have to say anything more than that. You don't have to say anything more than that. <laughs> well, I, I will because I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to come back. Um, I don't know if this was a one-off or, or not. Um, but uh, Isaiah Bradley was featured in a, in a comic book called uh, America Red, White, and Black. And it was about uh, the Tuskegee experiments and um, how there were uh, other super soldiers uh, besides Steve Rogers, um, the African-American soldiers that uh, fought on behalf of the country. And um, they decided to, uh, the, the Isaiah um, saw a situation uh, where he wanted, he, he was going to go fight some, uh, some Nazi soldiers and uh, it was against orders. And uh, he, he felt that he, he had the ability to do something about this and he he wore the captain america gear and he uh decided to do it and in exchange just like what happened here in the show um he was put in the jail and uh you know and, and was punished for for taking those actions and i i was going to mention the tuskegee you know 
That's what I thought too, but I didn't want to be called stupid. But no, no, no. <laughs> I, I do think that there is a parallel uh, and you know, Sam must be thinking when we go back to the last episode where the government you know, refuses to help him and we saw where you know he got denied the loan from the bank mm-hmm. and society not willing to thank him for all that he's done or take care of him. Uh, you know, I, in my mind, he was looking at Isaiah and seeing there's this pattern that's been going on in America for the last 60, 70 years of the same, uh, same treatment. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I, I, and Eli Bradley, or Eli Bradley, the grandson, I just wanted to point out really quickly, is another comic book character. Um, he shows up on the Young Avengers. Um, he takes the codename Patriot. And um, this is now another show uh, that Marvel has introduced characters that are Young Avengers in the comic books. Uh, Wanda's uh, children in WandaVision. Um, we're going to get uh, Hawkeye, um, the, the female Hawkeye in that show. So uh, Marvel's Phase 4 seems to be setting up the Young Avengers. So just wanted yeah. to point that we out. We also have Cassie and uh, oh, yes. yeah. Batman movies. But yeah, I was very stoked to see Isaiah and uh, Elijah. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. Eli is how I know the Power Broker is a character. I was ah, a, okay. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the uh, the Young Avengers. They're they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited to see. It's it's almost like they're sowing the seeds again, like like leading up to the first Avengers movie. Um, seeing all these characters pop up and, and that they may come into play later. Uh, we, we don't know. Yeah, we don't. See what they do. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the next scene because I, I think this is a pretty important scene for the episode, for the MCU, for Disney, uh, you know, to go here. Uh, and it's basically Sam is is telling Bucky how frustrated he is that he didn't know about Isaiah. And while they're arguing out in the street, the uh, a, a police car uh, comes in and, and two white officers step out of the car and they ask, uh, you know, what's going on here. Um, they ask Sam for his ID. They don't ask Bucky for any ID. Um, and Sam is saying, you know, there's no issues here. We're just talking, you know, I, I'm not going to show you my ID. And Bucky's just kind of like, Oh, just, just show him your ID. Just show him. Your... And, and Sam's like, I don't have ID. Um, the officers are starting to kind of move towards Sam and, and, you know, they ask Bucky, they ask Bucky, is this man bothering you or is he bothering you? And, um, you know, it's immediately with everything, especially with, you know, what's been going on in in the country, it's, it's just so easy to see that this is a scene that plays out regularly, um, for African-American, uh, um, people, especially, and, uh, any, any people of color and, uh, with, with interactions with the police. And, and I was surprised to see Disney going here uh to see marvel going here and um you know it's this is i i feel like this show is is teetering on the edge of, of trying to explain uh or trying to show some of the issues um of race in america and you know it's it's hard to do a captain america property without getting political um but uh i i thought that you know to see disney doing this um and especially because i i feel like with the politically charged times that we are in, um, I, I thought that I was, I was surprised. I'll, I'll just say I was surprised to see that they are, they are going there. They're going to, to try to cover it, to show it. Um, you know, I, and I, I think that this may cause some 
vocal opposition to the show and maybe to the MCU. Um, but, you know, I think that this is an important story to, to tell and to show and, and an important part of this story specifically with Sam being asked to take on the mantle of Captain America. So I'll leave it there and I'll, I'll open it up to you guys if, if you want to talk about this scene or, you know, the scene with Isaiah and, and you know, the, the greater conversations about race that may be happening here. So I guess my question for you, you guys, um, did you guys notice that cop car before it turned its lights on? Like, no. did you guys just see it now? No. I, I, yeah, I, doesn't stick out to me. So no, I'd have to say no. Interesting. So I saw, as soon as it pulled up, I saw it. And like, I was like, and like, I don't know, just like yeah. being a black man in America, seeing Sam, you know, raising his voice because he's, you know, rightfully upset. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, are they about to like go here? And it's just, it's interesting. I, I, I do wonder if other, uh, other black people had the same like feeling. Cause yeah, like it's just, it's in the background. It's out of focus. It's like pulling up at the, at an intersection and it's just like, oh yeah. Yeah. It, it was a pretty powerful scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think that it, I, I forgot to say that the only way they got out of it was when, you know, I think Bucky or maybe the, oh, the one cop recognized Sam and, and told the other uh, officer who he was. And, and then they were like, oh, you know, we're sorry, uh, you know, we are bad. So it was only Sam's celebrity, really, that got them out of the situation. It may it may have been an, an even worse situation. Um, and and, and still goes... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was gonna say that's another theme that seems to be running through the show is, you know, people don't know who Sam is as the Falcon, but like there are t-shirts and lunchboxes with new Captain America, John Walker. He's been Captain America for two seconds and he's already got action figures and t-shirts and things. And I think that's a larger conversation too. It's just like Sam needs the costume in order for people to to realize who he is or, or some visual reminder as we saw in the bank. Um, Otherwise, he's a nobody. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. I didn't even uh, pick up on that theme. I'm sorry, Mike, I cut you off. Uh, no, no, I was just going to add that, you know, I think they, they pushed it as far as they were going to, and then they still diffused it with humor. So that way there wasn't this confrontation uh, you know, when when the cop realized that he was the Falcon, there was that little bit of, you know, back and forth. So, you know, they are going there with, with the racial themes in this episode and these in the series, at least. Uh, but then each seems to be diffused with those lighter moments before getting uh, too heavy. Yeah. And I did see some criticism about that, too, that like, you know, this is this is a serious conversation. It's a weighty subject. And, you know, here we're going to undercut it with a joke. And it seems like it's the Marvel way. To that, that's a, yeah, each time that it's happening. Yeah. So that's I will say, I think that that is, and I think that is intentional. Um, you know, 
like those microaggressions, like racial mi microaggressions like that, I feel like are often in the real world, like met with like a joke from the, you know, the transgressor, transgressor to diffuse the situation. Um, so, so part of me wonders if that's not so much them like doing their MCU humor as like kind of just like acknowledging that like that's how those that's how those conversations usually end. And honestly, that's probably like why America is still where it is, um, you know, socially. Yeah, and my hope. My hope is that by showing this um, to a broader audience, they can see how quickly these kinds of interactions can turn south and, and, and that this can happen. Um, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of times when these stories are in the news, there's always a, a rush to blame uh, the, the, the victim and, and, and to blame the uh, African-American man and what did they do wrong or they deserved it in some way. And, you know, I think to show just how these misunderstandings can can go south um, so quickly. Um, I, I hope that that opens up a few more eyes, you know, around the country, um, more so than the vocal opposition that I, I you know, you, you know that there was people tweeting about this and posting about this and why did Marvel have to bring this in? I just want to watch my superhero show. Um, you know, meanwhile, missing <laughs> the impact and the importance of of why this is this is in here um especially coupled with the isaiah bradley revelation that you know we had heroes that were just thrown in jail <laughs> and were forgotten about and swept under the rug yeah um interestingly enough this interaction ends not with sam getting put into the police car but with Bucky being put in the police car how often does that happen um, because um, he missed his court appointed uh, therapy session so uh, he uh, there was a warrant out for his arrest and uh, he, he was arrested um, that takes us to uh, the the jail cell um, with with them uh, being locked up and uh, they get released and you know they're trying to figure out you know who who got us out so to speak. And was it, was it one of the Avengers? Was it one of their, their friends? No. In walks John Walker and he's, <laughs> you know, he's doing like finger guns to the cops and, you know, walking in and, and taking selfies and stuff. And, you know, I think this was where the arrogance, I think, started to really shine through that, you know, he could walk into a police station and, and kind of send out orders um, to release prisoners or, or, or release people from custody. Um, I, I just, it was like, of course it's that guy. Uh, so that takes us to the therapy session between. Well, if I could just, before oh, yeah, we get to yeah, that, yeah. so again, I think showing more of the celebrity, you know, of Captain America than what Captain America actually stands for. And, and that seems to be, you know, the theme of how John Walker in this episode, save but for the fight on top of the 18-wheeler, it's been John Walker, Captain America, the celebrity. Mm. And, and that, I think, is more of where he sees the character as opposed to where we see 
Captain America as. He does say at one point in the beginning that he he wishes it was there was more to the job than just signing autographs and and meeting with senators and taking pictures and stuff. Um, and I think his his partner says, you know, that that is the job. Like that's part of being Captain America. So there was like a desire to kind of get out there. But I think, like you said, Mike, now that he's living this lifestyle for maybe it's a few weeks in, maybe it's starting to get to his head. Um, I don't know uh, because it, he does seem less sympathetic, more arrogant at this part of the episode. Uh, let's go to therapy. So <laughs> Bucky and Sam are basically put into advanced couples therapy and uh, forced to, to stare into each other's eyes. And uh, Bucky just to try to figure out what's the root of this animosity that's going on between them. And, you know, for, for from Sam's perspective, we as the viewer kind of understand that you know, he's, he's still angry at Bucky for holding this, this secret for so long. And uh, Bucky, it's, it's a little bit less clear why Bucky's still hung up on, you know, why did Sam hold on to the shield? Um, eventually, we, we get this moment where Sam is kind of deflecting, deflecting about why he didn't take up the mantle of Captain America right away and, and why it was difficult. And I think Sam turns it back on Bucky and he's like, why is this so important to you? And Bucky says, because if Steve was wrong about you being Captain America, then maybe he was wrong about me. And that's where, you know, you see sort of like the emotion coming out. Um, and I think Bucky being afraid that maybe he is just a, a mindless assassin and Steve was wrong all along. There isn't like a good person in there. Um, How do you guys feel about this therapy scene? Yeah, I mean, uh, I dug it. I, I feel like I, I don't have much to say, but it was uh, good to just finally see what, you know. What's bothering these guys. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Mike, any thoughts? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was, again, that humor in the beginning and then you know, especially when they had like, you know, the staring contest looking into yeah. each other's eyes. Uh, but then the explosion that we get right down to what is actually eating at them. Mm -hmm. and, and I think this is setting the stage, uh, you know, six episodes. Okay, we're done with our first act now where uh, we have the, the conflict and now the conflict is going to expand uh, over the next two episodes before we get to, you know, any type of resolution. So I think this scene set it up perfectly to get everything in place for, for where we're going. Yeah, and I, I think to one of your predictions from last week, you know, here we have that therapist again, same lady, kind of pushing buttons, you know, poking at Bucky. Is she really on the up and up? Is there something else going on? I don't know. Um, that wasn't my prediction. Last well, no, you, you, your prediction last week was that you know the government is somehow involved. In no, this I, lady, I do think she works yes. for the and how she works for the government. Yes, and you know Walker gets her there. So you know was was he behind her getting there so quickly, and and does he have a stake in keeping them at odds with each other? Very interesting. Something to something to watch. Um, at the end of this uh, therapy session, they're released. And this was something I just, you know, wrote down as, as sort of like privilege at work here. Like they walk out and all of a sudden, like the, the uh, lights start flashing outside from one of the, the officer's cars, squad cars. 
and I look up and it's it's John Walker and his buddy playing with the lights with the car and it was like well you know we just had like 10 minutes ago Sam getting almost arrested and or you know something worse for having an argument raising his voice in the street and here John Walker can play with the open you know cop cars at, at will and um, this was sort of the escalation of all the distrust and the anger and, and the previous conversations that they've had this one turned uh, south much more quickly and and ended with John Walker sort of warning Sam and Bucky like look if you're not going to work with me then stay the hell out of my way and at that point it was like oof like don't know if you know you're, you're burning up the goodwill that you built up here over this 40 minute period and, and, and what is his way what is his end game that he thinks, you know, that Bucky and Sam are, are trying to get in the way of? Don't know. Don't know. Um, and then the episode ends with Bucky suggesting, you know, one more lead um, since they're sort of out of leads now. Uh, but Bucky has like one more, one more contact person we can try because Isaiah made an offhand re uh, reference to uh, Hydra experimenting on him. So there is one man that Bucky knows that knows all of Hydra's secrets. And that is Helmut Zero, Zemo, Zemo, who is the um, antagonist from Civil War. And the uh, show, you know, jumps to him sitting in his Berlin jail cell. And uh, you, you see him sort of sitting there waiting. And uh, that is the end of the episode. So uh, we're going to get some Zemo coming up, which is it's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm definitely you. excited. Yeah, so what do you guys think? Uh, overall, you know, thoughts, impressions, episode two, we're a third of the way in. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Third of the way, huh? Yeah, yeah I mean, it definitely, uh, you know, like Mike was saying, we're, we're in the first act, or we've, we've just wrapped it up. Uh, and yeah, we'll... We'll see where it goes. I feel like uh, they're not bringing Zemo in for nothing, you know? Right, right. I think we've done a lot of setting up over the last two weeks. And, and now I think it's time to have some action, make some decisions and, and, and see what happens from there. And, and not knowing all the little comic book minutiae that you guys mentioned, I'm even more excited now to see some of the twists and turns that lie in the weeks ahead. All right, so we're almost at the finish line, but as we always end these episodes, I want to hear some predictions. Uh, we'll start with you, Mike, because you are our MCU guy. So you're coming at this from the perspective of someone who's watched the movies and WandaVision. Um, what do you think, what's in store for us from this point? I will predict that on Thursday, the Yankees win their home opener versus Toronto on their way to their next World Series championship. And I will probably never be invited to another South Jersey podcast ever again. But it was fun while it lasted. You know, no. this means that Captain America, since he's no longer a guy from Brooklyn, he's a guy from Georgia. He's probably a Braves fan. He's not. A, he's not actually a Yankee fan. Anymore. He would have been a Dodgers fan then, Captain America. Oh yeah, probably yeah. That's true. Uh, no, I, I still think I want to know more about the government. I just I thinking that this is a setup by the government against, I may be totally off base, like I have been known to be, but I think they're setting 
uh, them up. Do you um, think it's the actual government or is it like Hydra has infiltrated them again? Or no, like I, I think Hydra is back in with the guy. I think they've re-infiltrated the government. And uh, especially after last week, what we said, you know, en uh, enemies or allies or, or whatever that mm -hmm. quote was from the first episode, they wouldn't say that unless maybe it was just a one-off. But I think that would come again as we learn, you know, the greater geopolitical picture post endgame. So that, that is my prediction. I hope we see uh, or learn a little bit more about the power broker and the flag smashers uh, in this episode. I, I want more action, you know, I'll be a little upset if, if this is still setting up because then it only leaves three episodes. <laughs> So I that is one of my criticisms about WandaVision. I felt like they wound it all up and then they only had one episode to really like finish yeah. everything off. Um, Kendall, any, any predictions you want to share with us? Um, I think, uh, I mean, I definitely think uh, the, the, the main bad guy is yet to, yet to be revealed, you know, these flag smashers, they think they're someone else's pawns, but mm. we'll see. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, anything else that you guys want to plug before we head off? Mike, I'll start with you. You had usually stuff. What's going on in Staten Island? What's going on in Staten Island? Great weather today. There was not a cloud in the sky. <laughs> Uh, no, we're just enjoying schools are on spring break up here for the Easter Passover holidays. So it's uh, a quiet week. We have a, a, a new front row conversations on the Minty Awards page with the, our buddy Phil Colgan, uh, who Harry may, may remember from way back when, uh, the old Marvelous Mike and Friends talking about his time on, in Hamilton. So uh, head over and check out that video if you have some time. Uh, otherwise than that, it's just another good week. So uh, I thank you, gents, for having me on. Happy Easter, happy Passover, and uh, we'll see you next week. Sweet. Kendall, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, let's see. Philadelphia, plenty of, uh, you know, trash on the ground, but... Uh... <laughs> That's the oh, line right. of the podcast, right there. I want that to be the tagline of the podcast. Don Walker will be right over there to clean that right up. I wish he would. Um, yeah, uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, wife and I are working on a four-page story for a uh, a uh, comics anthology uh, put out by the Indie Comics Union. Um, Cool. Still ways off until that's released, but uh, definitely look for it. Yeah, keep us posted. Um, and for me, I have been hard at work getting Level Up Entertainment 2 ready for business over in Summers Point. Uh, we are really, really excited. We were, uh, you know, building shelves and putting things together. So it's it's coming along. We're, we're opening, getting ready for opening soon. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a really cool location a lot more space a lot, a lot of you know all the comics video games all the stuff that you guys I have love. inventory for you i have the inventory <laughs> take it off my hands <laughs> we'll, we'll be in touch we'll be in touch. so uh so you can find all that uh in the meantime you know please come visit the hamilton mall location in maze landing and uh check out shoplevelup.com for all of your online needs and uh That'll do it for Level Up Watches episode two. 
I hope to have you guys back uh, soon. Kendall, we'll catch up with you in two weeks. And uh, Mike, I hope we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll uh, see what happens. <laughs> and uh, for, for everybody here at Level Up Watches, I have been Harry. And uh, we'll catch you next week to be continued. Hey.